Okay. I've just I've just turned on the recording and I'm going to I'm going to give our listeners a, a fun little little tidbit of information, which is that I may or may not have accidentally forgotten to record the live show. And so it is now lost to the bowels of time forever. Unless you are someone who was recording like the screen or like recording it while I was doing it. Um, if you did that, I won't, I won't think it's creepy. I, I'll actually be quite glad that you did. So if you have that, yeah. uh, let me know. And, you know, I'm sure you're sitting there thinking like, wow, you have really been dropping the ball with the podcast. Like you keep misrecording episodes and the audio is bad. Now you forgot to do that. And I just want to stress that I work for absolute crazy people. This is a, this is a fun times, good time hobby. And also I'll be quite frank with you. You probably wouldn't want to watch the recorded version of the live show. Um, you're not missing much. It was a lot of us making comments on the thing that was on the TV that we had to turn on to the lighting good. And, uh, my elastic facial expressions. I, so that's the one thing. That's the one thing I I have a very, yeah, I have a very squishy face. They will be. So it's all good. You are so cute. And listen, oh, really? we also did go to Disney World the next day. So yeah, and I, so maybe maybe more our minds were not one hundred percent on the show. I'm glad we did the live though because it really helped us work out our thoughts. And um, the opening bit we did—I don't remember any. The of opening them. bit we did for the live was I played a Fergalicious Russian roulette with Ari. Thank <laughs> you. That was good. On whether or not it would be Fergalicious or Carcalicious. Which I I don't know Carcalicious. It's fine. I've only think I've heard it like um, once. The one the one that will always give me like Ajita is the, the fucking homestuck version of We Didn't Start the Fire, because that one does I mean, my blood will run cold. Um, especially because it's like I know what you're thinking, like, oh no one's gonna be playing Billy Joel in an anime convention, which is the only place you would conceivably hear like the homestuck version. But it's not I my my rational brain. First of all, don't don't make assumptions. Well, yeah, my like rational that. brain knows don't that this is incredibly like unlikely. However, the part of me that was like you know born and raised in New Jersey is like, oh no, it's fine. It's just Billy Joel again. Like I'm not thinking this is a bad place for Billy Joel to be playing. Like that part of my brain doesn't turn on, so it could happen, and I could be killed instantly without any warning because I don't have those defense mechanisms in place. Evolution's kind of finicky like that. Anyway, our opening bit. As we discussed last night. Well, I mean, we, well, sort of the one that we and I never the one have, we had a, we had a pretty we, rousing debate on whether or not Robin Hood is a furry film, and I will still say no. They mean the um the animated Disney version, and they seem to believe that a uh, yes, a Robin talking walking fox, a talking walking fox, nineteen seventy three, is, is somehow not furry. Now I am of the mindset yeah. that if it is an animal, okay, but here's if it's an, an animal, thing. it's okay. furry. It's not an animal, though. It's an anthropomorphic. It's an anthropomorphic creature. It stopped Doesn't being an animal. Doesn't that make it more furry, virtual. though? Okay. I mean, like, I, I don't. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the very important thing. I do actually have a really good answer for this. I don't like that I do, but I do. Okay. Robin Hood, nineteen seventy. Uh, hold on. I want to make sure I get the seventy right. But I'm really bad with numbers. Hold on. Um, just jump to conclusions. Nobody cares. No, I like listen. I like to try. Okay, hold on, because I wrote and I wouldn't care, but I had wrote and written written wrotted i written about it <laughs> i wrote it last night and i went through all the trouble of going 1973 okay anyway robin hood 1973 is not a furry film number one 1969 wait what first off nice okay um i, I said 1969 nice but that's, that's the only reason why. that's fine okay i just want to make sure because i was like is i was imdb wrong but okay anyway so robin hood is not a furry film it does not have a single inflation scene this is a key component um <laughs> And the design of the characters, I it's a it's a comedy bit. It's fine, but like the design of the characters, especially the main characters, that make the Flash a furry show because it's had an inflation scene. Uh, Gorilla Grodd is also is inflation furry specific. Inflation is not furry. Oh God, we've done no. I haven't. Inflation is not furry. Oh no, we've gone too far. There tends to be a level of overlap. I've noticed just by virtue of like being online and like on the sort of the rabbit's hole of the furry fandom looking down into the abyss and going I don't fuck with that but still standing there um inflation has a lot of cross I don't I, I think it's because it's a cartoon you might be sitting at home I don't see I'm personally not into inflation 
going, what is inflation? Yeah, no, Google inflation, it. inflation is, is one of those Google things it. that I'm personally not into. I, I, you know, note it just, it, it's literally just something that I don't, I, it's very it's, strange I, to me. And you can imagine me back when, when I was into Teen Titans and that's a cartoon. So well, there that's was what a I lot mean. of There's weird stuff in the internet. And and are, like, huh. are, are applying. Why is that there? Yeah, the cartoon physics apply. So I think that's why inflation and furry fetish have so much overlap because the furry fandom stuff tends to be based on like cartoony kind of media by virtue of realistic looking animal humanoids would be kind of horrifying. So I think inflation just comes part and parcel with the course, but yeah, it doesn't really do it for me, but it's always just one of those things that like when you see like weird furry comic stuff, there's usually an inflation sequence. Anyway, um, there was a point to this, right? So, but it's not, you know, it doesn't have, they, they have humanoid enough proportions and have are basically humans wearing like a mascot animal suit where it's like you have stuff like you know Sawyer and cats don't dance I would argue cats don't dance is a more furry like furry aesthetic movie because their proportions are much more like they're significantly smaller than the human people that we see in the in the movie um they have you know their their legs are gone why would you ruin cats don't dance for me why would you do that? How is that? I'm just pointing out the the way they're animated and drawn is more akin to something that has like it, it's not just um well, an animal head on me, a human body. Let me give you my logic. What? My logic is that fursuits are fursuits themselves not an animal head on a humanoid body, or well, is that not, just because not of as the humanoid as you're thinking? There is a there is a difference in how like the legs are constructed, especially arms are kind of eh, but the, the 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 ratio of torso to shoulders, to legs is very important in terms of determining what, like, there's there's a sliding scale of anthro-human and, like, feral anthro, basically. And, like, Robin Hood is the hard human anthro, which is just basically a tail and a, 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 a animal head on a human body. And, like, Tigris... I mean, he is just kind of the basic fox OC. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, like, Tigris from Kung Fu, Pan- Kung Fu Panda is, like, feral anthro. Like, that isn't that is very clearly like someone drew a tiger standing up like her her chest ratio to her legs is very different and more in line with what a tiger would actually look like she doesn't have really as much um pectoral muscle as a human she might don't have, have them, them tiger titties she does not she has like her pectoral muscles pectoral muscles are drawn differently which alters the shape of her chest and overall makes her less humanoid this is really cute and good character design i would have a thousand designs like that rather than just duck titties or duck titties is my legal name how could you do that i'm from the family i'm so sorry okay wait i want to i want to i want (laughs) to pause it i want to pause on an addendum which is is zootopia thus more furry than robin hood and is the main protagonist of zootopia based on robin from robin hood and if he is does that not then lend itself to the theory that even if it may not be as furry as perhaps what you're used to there are still definitely a furry elements to it i think that i think first and foremost i would argue that focusing on nick specifically as sort of the is this or isn't this furry thing is kind of unfair but even then nick is drawn with like haunches and paws he is his legs are still drawn to be less human um and most of the other characters in the movie have more realistic animal looking proportions um it kind of varies from character to character but like judy is very clearly like the size the size difference of judy versus nick is significant enough that you can kind of tell they're not doing like human size ratio um you know you have characters i think that are like less feral anthro than others like i the the the, the cute fat cheetah dude who was I... like definitely someone's like fetish persona i actually immensely regret bringing up zootopia because now all i can think of is that anti-abortion comic oh, i, I can't believe that anti i can't like, believe the thing is i'm just glad that abortion comic existed because the version where someone just did the arby's thing over it was i want that shit like i know that th- that should be in the library of congress like not the original version not the original but the version where they were just talking about arby's should absolutely be fucking enshrined in the library of congress um I, I was actually going to say, I can't believe that comic now decides our public policy. Yeah. That brings me into our next thing, which is that we're going to have a link in our description for this episode. We encouraged people to donate to Planned Parenthood during our live show. 
And we're still going to encourage you to do it now. Please do it. Um, you know, look on the bright side. If you if you if you donate to Planned Parenthood, um, you can donate to people who are about like safe, healthy, and like functional sex between humans, rather than debating where a movie falls on a furry sliding scale. I also would like to point out that Zootopia falls. Zootopia is like the hard middle. Like Zootopia, if Zootopia is like the middle ground. Yeah, we're dumbasses. But I mean, I think yeah, we can oh, do yeah. that coming in. If you're, have been if you're surprised by this, <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. were, if you were aborted, how would you feel? I'd feel like mood, hard mood. <laughs> I wouldn't feel anything. I wouldn't fucking exist. Um, this is a, oh, such a dumb. Man. Thing. I, God, I wish that were me. God, I wish. I mean, yeah, basically. But yeah, um, yeah, no. Zootopia is definitely sort of like the fulcrum. Um, Kung Fu Panda is like feral anthro. And Robin Hood is like human anthro. Um, I hate that this is a sliding scale I've come up with, but it's here and we all have to live with it. Um, also, so in the new Aladdin really movie, furry. what's really furry? <sighs> well, that okay. Here's where we start to get like confused because, like, you have stuff like Digimon where it's like they're all they're all like sentient and have human level intelligence and are capable of communicating with other sentient creatures. And like, some of them just look like humans with like wings or, or, or like a, I mean, like Angel woman is just like a fucking, like, that's just, that's just a person. That's, that's just a person with wings. Um, and then you have the, but that's, that's the thing true. is it's not like, just, it's not just the person ones with wings that have that, that same degree of sentience. Um, Ones that are very much non-human in any way, shape, or form, like, uh, fucking, I don't know, like, Terriermon, um, who's, like, small and very clearly, like, not human proportions at all. I was gonna say Renamon, but Renamon has more humanoid proportions, and I don't like it, neither do... I don't want to talk about Renamon. Um, but that's, like, that's always weird, because it's also, like, if... Not all furry stuff is, I think, created with the intent of, like, I'm going to fuck that. Um, I think, it, I mean, if we're being realistic, a decent chunk of it is, but like some of it is like, I just think that this is cute. Um, and I just like the way this is designed. Uh, some stuff is like, literally, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I get people will jerk it to anything, but like, sometimes I'm just like, I want to put your dick in this, like, it, <laughs> buddy. But yeah, Digimon, like, and then like, there's the whole thing with like Pokemon canonically being like, Hey, Pokemon and humans fucked. Um, and I'm just always like, I, okay. Why? Why was this specified? Could I, could I, I mean, like, I, I kind of, I love Pokemon. I do because they're like, we are not going to show you any of our beta concept art stuff. We're not going to tell you shit about like the original versions of like the red and, uh, red and green games or the space world demo. We're going to keep that shit under wraps for like 20 fucking years, but we are going to tell you that Pokemon and humans fucked. And it's like, could I have the first thing though? <laughs> like the, the 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 things you're willing to share with me your priorities are very skewed it's like i just like some behind the scenes making of content for my favorite series please and they're like no we're just gonna tell you that you can fuck a kabuto and it's like i don't want to that's very specific are you sure you don't want to because i if you had to ask well, me I mean, about a well, kabuto is it's literally like just a fucking horseshoe crab um but okay, i not because i remember that's because what it was my brain was like yeah, is that the, the, the reason i said kabuto the reason is because there was a post on Tumblr one time that talked about this very specific phenomenon because they were also addressing the fact that Pokemon made it canon that humans and Pokemon's fuck. And they went, okay, so how does, what are the rules on this? Is this just like a, a, a like, is this like a only fucking certain kinds of human Pokemon thing? Or is there like nothing that's going to stop you from sticking your dick in a Kabuto? And the image of trying to do that has stuck with me because it's incredibly funny, but also horrible. So that so was why that was my go-to Pokemon. It's so upsetting, guys. And this is what they decided to share with us instead of like concept art for how these things were made. Fuck but we you. can fuck them. Fuck you. Can... Um. Fuck you. Literally. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um. God damn it. Uh. Yeah. The genie fucks also in terms of yeah, horrifying genie, things. The that genie have sex. also fucks. The genie also fucks in the Aladdin movie. Let's go back. Let's let's just I, get into this. I, I think people are here to hear about the. I think we've. I think we've made sure everybody knows they? that we're going to hell. Let's go into the episode. Yeah. To Orpheus and all of us. Good night, brothers. Good night.
listen, I know you oh, said you wanted to record sure. an episode, but I need to tell you the very fundamental thing, which is like, I remember maybe 50% of what happened because most of it was really stupid and bad. Okay, so... Um, I should, there were moments I really liked, but overall, like we said during the live, this was definitely... They never managed to stick the fucking landing. Um, and this was a very bad season. They I did, like but it was also like a... That was a season finale that had no real, like, consequences. Like, That's that was true. a pretty... Like, aside from Rip, but, like, Rip was such a, like... that At that point, like, he was already all but gone anyway that it doesn't really, like, register to me that that happened because they were, like... So it's the sort of thing where I'm, like, okay, I know I sound harsh about it, and that's because I am. Um, I get really frustrated when the show... Here's the thing, is, like, I get... I've, I've given up on trying to be mad at the show for not knowing how to structure a narrative or remembering anything or having any sense of continuity ever because it's, it's, it's not fair. I can't ask that of them. They clearly have shown that that's not something that they're doing or want to do or any good at. That's okay because what they are good at is structuring character narrative and like making character development and relationship development feel really good and have genuine emotional pathos and payoff. I wouldn't be mad if they hadn't stuck the landing narrative-wise this season and that had been their only crime, but they didn't not they not only did they not stick that landing, they 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 fucked up character narrative and they just every everything was so rushed and character characterization didn't feel quite right and like the emotional arcs didn't really like yeah. hit that final note and it was kind of a mess. It was, it was very messy. It was very messy in a point where like, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And I said this on the live cast and I'm like, am I giving it perhaps more of a benefit of the doubt? Because it was very, um, Mick and Charlie are clearly in big love heavy. Yeah, probably. That's my right as an American to do so. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot about this episode that kind of left me. There were certain things I liked. I thought John and Nora and Hell were very clever. I thought Astro was very good. Um, and then very good. We, we also we brushed on the Vandal Savage thing where we were like, Vandal Savage was a rapist. This was very stupid. And honestly, I think that's all the yeah, talk it was it really bad requires. It. Yeah, and I'm tired and I hate talking um, about and, it. And, and, if that's the show, and if the show is trying to be like, you know, oh, well, you know, that was so dark and we're much sillier now, there are better ways to have handled that, even with there, Vandal Savage. Like we talked about it, and yeah. I will bring this up on it one again. You have you could have done Malcolm Merlin, Damian Dark, or Eobard Thawne, who were all villains from last season, who would have made sense to see in Hell and played the same comedy bit out, but you fucking didn't. Well, we were we were saying that like Wentworth would have been a very good like snark kind of going in and out of Hell. Yep. We would have gotten cold at him after all this time, all this and time. also. We were like, wow, they kind of snart. I, I have a mutual who used the term snart baited because he was mentioned quite a few times in the Flash and Legends this season. Like they were kind of trying to get Wentworth to come back. But then we sort of, um, there are some things about Wentworth that we're not really going to disclose, but that's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And like maybe they were trying to get him and it just, wasn't, it just wasn't plausible. Yeah. Um, maybe he even wanted to, but, um, you know, that's, that's life. Say lovey. Uh, say lovey. And it's even one of those things where, like, if they had just made it more clear that, like, Ray clearly seems to figure that hell is, like, a revolving door. The Dragon Ball Z rules, yeah. And so if he was like, oh, if Vandal Savage is here, I better make sure when he gets out that he does not immediately go back to stalking Kendra. And, like, that was his logic. That would have been, like, really kind of cute. Like, because, yeah, we've been saying this whole time. And, of course, I'm always right about this show, except when I'm not. And even when I'm not, it doesn't count. I'm yeah. always right. Um, that Ray essentially would be making everybody in hell friendship bracelets and doing sing-along songs. And it's just one of those things where also, like, John and Nora have no idea who this guy is. John, I mean, they might in, like, sort of a basic, like, DC has a cabal of immortals. He's a very sort of powerful figure in that. Yeah. But in, in basic terms, no, they have no fucking clue who this guy is. Whereas I think even just getting Damien no, for a little never bit would have, been, would have been very good. And it would have sort of, you know, he could have Especially given Especially because they had that reference to way. Damien. I yeah. forget who said I, it. They were I like, guess. your father's kind in hell. Like the idea Neon of it being like, her. Hey, like you could have done a comedy thing 
where it's like they're like your father's losing his mind in hell and then like it turns out that like no their idea of losing his mind is that he's genuinely enjoying like hanging out with ray and has completely is like just like this happy upbeat guy and is excited about his new son-in-law and it could have been like Nora being like dad shut the fuck up and like that would have been cute and like yeah he killed laurel and that was bad but like let's just pretend that didn't happen because whatever the show does too so this show does too and honestly so too does the same japanese era yeah like listen it was very fucking stupid um and there were better and like and it's it's Sometimes when I'm like, this show could have taken this route or that or that one, I'm like, but I knew they wouldn't for other reasons. But I'm like, no, you set up the idea that we might even see Damien. Like, was Neil McDonough fucking busy on like the Sonic movie reshoots? That's what it was. I was I, That's what it was. He was too busy filming. I, I didn't. Sonic. I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to say this out loud. But yes, he was too busy on the Sonic movie reshoots. I that literally, was my... I literally wish I was fucking dead. You know what? Never mind. Po- the podcast canceled. We're all going home. Eat this. fuck this podcast fuck this podcast podcast and i do want to say you know what um you know who is dying oliver queen a mary oliver Oliver queen Queen death to a mary oliver queen death to you my good friend boy what day Um, is it oliver queen death day i haven't missed it (laughs) fuck it that's gonna be nora that's gonna be nora during the crisis Oh yeah, we talked oh, a little bit about the, the crisis news that Legends might end up being like having their mid-season premiere, or well, it's their season premiere, but it's mid-season, and that they might end up having it during the crisis. And then we talked about how we kind of feel like Legends is setting up some back doors for themselves um, with the Time Guardians and everything, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, there's just really no point. Oh, and then we discussed about how Phil was saying there was going to be a new Zari, and like, is this new Zari going to be worthy of Nate's love? Everybody was getting very frustrated with that because it felt like Phil was kind of producing Zari to a love interest, whereas I was kind of like, I think that was just a dumbass thing for Phil to say. Because he, because Zari was not, Zari, Zari was not treated like just a love interest during this season. She really got to grow. And I think that's why people were so, I mean, that's why people, I mean, let's just talk about sort of what happened with Zari because... I mean, I think the biggest thing they didn't stick the landing with is honestly Zari because oh, it's up. like she got you did this with Amaya last season, where like part of me sort of between the romance between Nate and the romance between Nate and Amaya and the romance between Nate and Zari, and then seeing them both sort of fall apart like this, part of me is like the romantic in me is softly like, oh fuck, but the person in me who's critical of media is like, yeah, because like amazing Tala are both women of color who have now been sort of like, they stay on the show, but they get recast as different characters and they would never ask Katie or Jess to do that. And no. if that, and that being the case means that this is not great, Bob. And I'm kind of hoping with sort of the parallels we saw with Nate and Zari to Nate and Amaya, and this being sort of like the final parallel that they're going to lampshade it. That's my hope. I only I, them too because do you remember remember what like it's mm-hmm. like I don't trust you motherfuckers to make a metaphor about shit. That being said, mm-hmm. I actually we do have somewhat different views on this because I'm always very much like or well at this point I'm like I, I think what you have described is absolutely a real and legitimate problem. And while I think the problem will still apply here because it's like I don't personally believe that they are going to Charlie and Amaya are two different people, like completely. Charlie isn't just Amaya from a rogue timeline who changed her name or did that. She's just a whole different character. I, I personally believe that we're going to be seeing. Um, I personally believe that we're going to be seeing like it's still Zari. She's still playing the same character, and because of the way that I tend that that these sort of lost my memories and am living as someone else plot lines tend to shake out. I do have hope that she is going to return and be like, oh shit, like I'm still me. It's okay. Like she's going to remember who she was and she's going to be sort of like a mix of like whatever this Zari's current personality is and past Zari because the time guardians are going to arc weld the timelines together or some shit. Yeah. But it's still frustrating that it's the sort of thing where it's like when you don't have a lot of women of color and you keep fucking doing this to the few you do have, I think it makes sense that a lot of people are getting very, like, are suspicious and very gun-shy because, like, yeah, no shit they are. Like, look at this, fu- like, the, 
the whole of DCTV does not have a good history for this. I so mean, I don't think we're going to be getting a completely yeah. different story, but it's like it's she, her of... character should be something that's treated as this mutable. I mean, that's exactly it. Like, Zari is not mutable. Amaya makes sense, at least. And I think that's why Zari is also very frustrating, because it's like, no, Zari isn't mutable. And it's not like you, quote, ran out of stories for her. Like, you'd never run out of stories for Sarah. No, never. So. And it's that sort of thing where it's like, you shouldn't have. It's When they say they ran out of stories, it meant that they didn't care about telling the stories that existed. I mean, there's a way to talk about this. They run out of stories, but that's kind of. And the other thing is, like, Phil saying, oh, this is a different Zarya, and we're seeing, Phil has this habit of making things sound like they're going to be season-long plots when they end up being for two minutes. So who knows? And, like, yeah. that's the thing. They don't know. They don't know if Nate and Zarya, like, they're saying, no. like, oh, maybe Nate and Zarya, like, will find each other again. They don't know if they're going to stick with that. Nobody knows. No fucking clue. Nobody knows. And that's okay. Because you know what? At this point, I have just accepted it. Again, I accept chaos. This is the sort of thing where I'm like, it is. we have six months, the show is never consistent, even on its best days, so I'm not super concerned about whether or not any of the things Phil said are true, but I am concerned about the fact that, you know, Zari wasn't, and they didn't literally say word for word, we don't have, we've run out of stories for her, but that was the implication, and again, I will repeat, if you ran out of stories, it's because you decided to stop looking. Like, you absolutely could have found more plot lines for her to do. We could have gone back to Argus. There's nothing stopping them. But they don't want to. They've decided that that's a story that they don't want to tell or they're not interested in continuing with. And that's okay in and of itself, but don't try to gusset. Like, don't try to, like, I hate when people lie. Like, just fucking admit that they just didn't want to tell any more stories about Argus of the future or deal with Zari's family or any of that shit. And they wanted to drop it and hit a reset button on it because they'd gotten far away from them and they didn't really know how to resolve it anymore. At least be honest. I mean, and the other thing about that is you kind of have to note that like, I think this was a very clever way to bring Bayrad in. Um, also, so Zari pronounces it Bayrad. Nate pronounces it, I think just, or maybe that's how they pronounce it. They have different pronunciations of it, but I'm going to go with Zari's from my memory. Yeah. Because that just feels like it's going to be a little more correct. Yeah. And in addition to that, it's sort of one of those things where like, okay, Bayrat is very good because I refuse to accept that Zari will not be fine. And if Zari goes through anything I do not personally like, or that seems to upset Tala, I'm sending Phil to Guantanamo. That's it. Phil's going to get Mo. Okay? Yep. That's where... I just... You know, those are the stakes. Those are the stakes, okay? And John Cho is not going to be able to save you. And, like, you know, listen, John Cho's going to save us if we get stuck in Gitmo, though. I I don't think anyone's coming to save us if we get stuck in Gitmo. I think that's the American way. You know, actually, fun fact. Did you know that they have to start, they've had to start transitioning to um, providing care for senior citizens at Gitmo because they are literally dealing with the fact that there's, there's some people who have been there for so fucking long, they are now aging and approaching death, having never left Guantanamo Bay. We just fucking left them there. Um, just want to throw out there. Just, just, I don't have time to be mad about it. I'm so angry about it, but I don't know, this is not the time and place. Yeah, and no, I'm hey. going to podcast. You want to talk about things that aren't the time and fucking place? This fucking show. Like, while I'm, I'm going to ride this anger, hold on. Like, okay. I am so angry about the way they fucked up Hayworld because it was something where it's like, okay, we talked before, and I'm not going to divulge in it at length because we talked previous episode about how this was stupid and bad practice and it's not on the onus of the oppressed to prove their humanity to their oppressors and da 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 da. So what I hate is that they didn't even try to be like, but, you know, people are good after all, and they'll see that they're good and human and, and worth protecting. Yay! They were like, okay, how do we lie to them to get them in here? And that was like, fuck you guys, because it's, you can't, you know, if you're going to do deviation from the norm, will be punished unless it's exploitable. Fine. It's stupid, but whatever. At least it has a happy ending. But this was so dishonest and like nonsensical and like didn't actually do anything to solve. Like they were just like, everybody's not magically racist now bye and then like zari lost her memories because of that and just fuck it and like yeah it you, if you, were gonna, you like, did rick perry naming the five branches of government that he was going to dissolve yeah. oops it yeah 
they, they, they Rick Perry oopsed it. They really fucking oopsed it. And like, it wouldn't like, and because, and we talked about this in the live show at length too, and I'm not going to spend as much time on it because I'm tired, but Hey World did not have so much of a Disney World vibe as it had a sideshow yeah, circus actually, vibe. I would and like that's you to not go more good. into, I would like you to go more into that because that okay. was something people came to me about okay. and were like, I did not put that together. And now that I have. Okay. So like, please, please go I'm glad I could, I'm glad that. it could be helpful. Um, Okay, I'm glad I, I'm glad it could be useful. I'm glad my my on demand pay per view viewing of freaks at a very young age would in some way be beneficial for people. But so, Hey World is not really set up like a theme park. Like it's not like if it had been a scenario where like you know the 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 ogre would like the test your strength game against an ogre and like ride the roller ride the dragon roller coaster. We dragons are cool, right? I mean, dragons are cool. Like for fuck's sake, people. If there was um, a dragon or, like, roller coaster, we would have forgiven so much. Like, like, we would have forgiven so much, but it wasn't structured like that. It was structured more like a sideshow in that they were sh- they were making this like interactive live show that was clearly born out of one writer's trauma about having to take their kid to the PJ Masks live show and sitting through two hours of for the actors, for the actors. um PJ Masks quality. <laughs> Gecko just started striking the stage. <laughs> but, but I don't know but, who Gecko is. Like it was that was it was a bim bim bit. Ge- Gecko's the green I mean, one. Um, I work with little kids, yeah. so I see a lot. Of, I see a lot of PJ shit. I don't actually. And here's the thing: is like, so they did a live show of like superhero stuff, and it was the bit about the meta textual bit they had about when they were pretending to be the superheroes was incredibly funny. And if they had saved that for another episode, like they had to pretend to be superheroes for some reason, that would have been yeah, incredibly the fucking good. They, they should have saved were, it. Like, where like Mick is like these people don't appreciate art. Like first of all, the fact that it was implied that Mick wrote the script for them, very good. All of the stuff about oh people only want brand name superheroes, very good. The callback to how they told them to shove it in the crossover, yeah. so now they're getting told to shove it, very good. But yeah, I mean, very very good. It was very it was very the gang tries desperately to win an was, award. That said, yeah. um. The issue we have here, and the thing I want to get into about it being a sideshow, is because there it wasn't necessarily like an interaction and enrichment exhibit experience the way that it would be at a zoo, and it's not necessarily a play with these monsters and learn more about them in like a fun, like an amusement mm-hmm. park way. It was set up like a stage show in which people were invited the to the modern come, like, zoos that are dedicated to conservationism. And yeah, yeah. Um, I. We're not talking about old school zoos because old school old school zoos were also a product of colonialism. But I'm talking about the modern zoos, like accredited zoos that are doing their part to protect the anim- uh, animals in the environment and do a lot of really great work. And you should donate or volunteer at your local zoo. And, and also, I love zoos. Anyway, um, modern just do it. This guy's stop you. Just make fun because they don't know what to do. Like when you, if you're not, if you don't get angry at them and you just start laughing at them, they kind of don't know how to respond because, like, don't take these people okay, seriously, yes. may, but also call them out for being stupid idiots. Anyway, con. anyway, so the way that the meeting of the magical creatures was one, like I said before, they had they they felt like they had to lie to get people in, and it was very cynical after a very sort of upbeat optimistic season about everyone would be friends if they just learn more about each other so you can't take this hard cynical turn out of nowhere where like we have to lie to them to make them give a shit um and then it was like come you know like come they were they were basically like come gawk at them and come look at them and come see them do weird shit but like don't interact with them in any way shape or form and you don't get to engage with them like person to other sentient being who isn't a person but might as well be for all intents and purposes um it was more like watch them do crazy bullshit maybe this will make you less scared of them the whole thing about fear was also really slapdash but because it was structured more like a point and gawk at the weird thing exhibit than it was like an attempt to make people learn about magical creatures or bond with them is like sideshows were incredibly racist um were you know they took they took the undesirables of society and and made them something that people could come and pay 10 cents to point and laugh at this was something where like you know if you were disabled if you were you know if you were non-white 
um, especially in the earlier sideshows, if you had some kind of deformity, if you had some kind of impediment, they they treated you like subhuman. Like they they you know like the sideshows were there so that you could look at these people and you could go, God, that's horrible and weird. Like they weren't designed to you know no one fucking left P.T. Barnum's show going. You know, I should care more about the people in my life today. You know, they're human, just like you and me. Being one of the most egregious offenders. Oh, yeah. No, he's like this. He's the fucking poster child. Like, I mean, not that it wasn't just incredibly commonplace across America and other countries, but especially America. Um, It was it, it was like it was point and laugh at these people or or look at these people and think they're but for the grace of God go I. Like they were not being encouraged to view these people as human. They were not being you know they were not being introduced to these people with the expectation that we would see them as human um there was you know it was it was it was a very blatant and direct and face-to-face othering and the show taking cues from that kind of environment is not great like i don't think that hey world was as specifically like they weren't as specifically deliberately obtusely obtusely um you know like ableist and racist and and all those horrible things that like sideshows were but by cribbing from that setup and environment and presentation format they they really screwed they they fucked themselves over they 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 you know they tripped on their own dick so hard it went up their ass like it could not have been it is, but it, that's legends. When it doesn't stick the landing, it sticks its dick in its own ass, and that is where we're at with the show. With yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. God damn it! But like, and and so it, it was because it's like it would have been one thing, and it would have been dumb and bad if they hadn't already spent the entire season beating us over the head with the inappropriate metaphor. Because you're not a smart enough show to be making this kind of point. Holy shit! stop it saying that like magical creatures are supposed to be immigrants but then like also this episode as someone pointed out in the live stream and it was i and i remember thinking it as i was watching but then not like reflecting on it i was just like oh that's weird but then other shit was happening and i forgot they had like fucking the 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 knockoff chucky is there with like the totally normal and chill like ogre dave and david the gnome like he's he's a serial (laughs) killer he's not even a puppet like he's not like we got and i also just want to mention like charlie I, mean, like, really- I think the show would be a lot more powerful if instead you know we've talked about like does charlie super fit the moral compass role that amaya had super well or is she just kind of using are they just kind of using her in a paint by the numbers way when they need her to be that role because they weren't really sure what to do this season entirely with that and I think one of those things where like charlie's choosing the moral compass of like a magneto kind of um mindset would have been very interesting and very powerful because charlie's kind of like yeah. i don't think this is a good idea it makes us feel like a sideshow attraction and nate's like but it'll be fun and charlie's like i could never say no to you whoever you are and i'm like what the fuck like and here's the thing is that like yeah i'm in the episode i bought it because nick and Maisie have that kind of chemistry where i'm like oh yeah of course she agrees with him because they're them but then when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, how many scenes have you guys fucking had yeah. together? Why would she just automatically agree with Nate? She doesn't even know Nate that well. And also, like, as you mentioned, Sarah yeah. giving her a speech very much like, did feel was... like, like, thanks, white woman. I'll keep that one in mind. Yeah. Like, the optics here are not ideal. Even if we ignore the fact that, I mean, like, if we briefly stop and go, okay, let's pretend this is just like a normal conversation between two people and magical creatures aren't involved. Yeah, the optics on it were, were oh were my god, less than ideal. <laughs> like let's it's, call it the less, optics are not less, great. Less, less, less than ideal. And so, but like, yeah. if you guys had been planning on Hey World for like, longer, maybe Charlie could have actually gotten to know it and had more control over it and found safety in that. Like she had just been forced to shift a bunch of times and yeah. was then like, well, and then, like Nate wants is- to do it. What? They also didn't, like, the thing about Charlie being forced to shift, like, was completely dropped. I forgot that it happened because they, like, I was under the impression from the way that Neron talked about last episode that we were going to get, like, Godzilla Charlie smashing up Tokyo or something. We didn't get that. I don't know what the fuck we got. I don't even remember that it happened. They the didn't really do anything got, with it. It was incredibly yeah. fumbled. And, like, if they'd been, I, 
if they'd let Charlie take this over and have Charlie do it and be like, this is going to be a magical park by and for magical creatures. And we're going to get to enjoy ourselves and enrich our lives. And people can come and see what it's like to be like how we live and talk to us and hang out. That would have at least been consistent with the metaphor and also let Charlie take control of the situation. And then none of that happened. 2019. Basically. I mean, I think, I think one of the big issues with that is also like, the fairy godmother mentions to Charlie, like, you know, you're not just a shifter. And it's like, so is Charlie something else? Does Charlie have more powers? Is Charlie just using being a shifter as a facade for having for being something else that's much more powerful and just has shifting as an ability? Is they that will why she's been able that. to be John Spell and shift? And then I'm just like, you guys don't. Nobody. Like, and that's one of the things where it's like, it's very frustrating when these kinds of things happen to Zari and Charlie. Because it's like, no, I don't think you care about their plots as much. And it's very difficult to love these characters so much. And then be like, but I'm sure you're just going to have another episode about, you know, I I don't want to call anybody out, actually, specifically. Yeah, but you like, know what not, I mean. It's the sort of thing where it's like, because it's the thing is, because it's like, we also love all of the other characters, but we have to acknowledge also that, yeah, when you say that, I'm like, oh, they don't give a shit. Like, they just don't. Like, they're going to. They, they're they fine with having these characters there. They're fine with having them be the B-plot. But this show doesn't seem to know how to give space to Maisie or Tala in a way that makes them center stage. And that's really fucking... That is, listen, you're only shooting yourselves in the dick because they're two of the best actors on the show. So, I mean, I um, actually wanted to call out the Rolling Stone article that came out yesterday oh yeah, about before. how good yeah. Legends is. I'm not yeah. sure. You're saying it's good. You're like, it's silly, it's stupid. First and foremost, I've kind of given up on bitching every time somebody talks about the Hawks because I'm like, whatever. I hope we both die. Like, you're all, I hope we both die kind of thing. You know, we're, we're the two duelists in the Haunted Mansion. But the thing is, like, when people write these articles, they're always like, you know, they talk about Brandon and Katie a lot. And yes, Brandon and Katie are the face characters for this show. I understand that. But Tala and Courtney being added to the show in season three literally turned it the fuck around. It's not that the show turned itself around. It's that those two actors did. Yeah. And Maisie is never mentioned in jack shit. And she is literally the heart of the show. Yep. Like she literally is the driving force. And so it's just very frustrating to see them routinely disrespected. For people, especially for legends to soak in the praise of being diverse without putting in i think the additional legwork that's needed yeah like no offense but step up your fucking game assholes because i legends legends revolving door of actors of color is not a good look no and it has um, been like i and I, it's not just a legend problem it's also a dctv problem but it's because not the show a good look does for better involved. because this show does better at other things it's like we we deserve to expect more from them because they have shown a proficiency at certain things where I'm like, no, bitch, work for it. Like, you know, it is yeah, really, exactly. it's really frustrating. Like, it's the sort of thing where I think sometimes, and sometimes this criticism is, criticism is fair, and sometimes I think it's a little over the top where people are like, oh, you just nitpick, um, you know, you nitpick stuff that's like got progressive things in it or it's got all these good things and like you're just looking for bad stuff, you're going to run it into the ground, but you'll watch like a show with a ton of straight white men or whatever and nobody will complain about that. And it's like, on one level, I think there's some merit to the fact that people can sometimes be, I think, looking for things to be, like, to take issue with. But when a show does well with issues regarding representation or marginalized identities, when they have the audacity to then also base an entire season a a across, but what if it was an overt metaphor for the current American immigration crisis, um... I'm sorry, immigration crisis isn't the word I want to use. Uh, let's just call it the torture and imprisonment of children and their families who are fleeing uh, state and uh, gang violence and warfare that America has helped to fund and allows to continue. Um, when you're going to do a season about that shit and then you're going to do this to your non-white actors, it's kind of like, no, you know, you can't do good at some things and then fuck up so tremendously on others and not expect people to be frustrated or disappointed i'm not saying that they have to be perfect because, i don't think yeah. anything is perfect but you can't fuck up this bad when you've done so well on so many other things well so many other, a couple things 
and not be surprised when people are upset with you. You've cultivated a progressive fan base for the things you've done right. So they're going to be upset when there are things you do wrong. I think that's, I, I agree 150%. And in addition to that, I also want to... I also agree with what you said before about Amaya. I wanted to mention that I think I, we, I was sort of, I posted a day late for the Legends Writers Appreciation Tag. And the thing about these writers is I actually do really appreciate them. Because the reason we are saying this stuff is because I think we have seen Legends grow as a show. And I think Legends understands that it's grown. And I think we can be a little disappointed because this finale felt a little phoned in. Yeah. And I think we say these things because Legends does learn. And it does grow. And it... They do try. It does try. And it's one of those things where, like, we are actually... I think Ari and I personally are willing to give it a lot of leeway because it's been so good about abuse. And everybody has their line. Yeah. And we are willing to... Yep. sort of look past a lot of things because there is no show I have ever encountered that has made me feel so seen. And of course, you're probably wondering, seen how? And because you're a totally normal person, Rachel. And that's correct. And the answer is radio static. The answer is radio static. And like, the there's it's sort of like, I I am constantly, you know, like Onion, have layer. Legends is on the one hand, a very yeah. silly show. On the other no media exists in a vacuum. On a third hand, I think Legends is very aware that no media exists in a vacuum and tries to put out a show that is not mean-spirited and it is very accepting. On a fourth hand, um, when they drop the ball, it hurts a little more because they hold the ball better and the higher it is, yeah. the harder the fall. The ball is not in, yeah. The ball is not, there's certain, I'm like, sometimes it's like you don't even bother getting mad at stuff that clearly isn't trying to give a shit. Most of the time I won't even bother watching it, but it's like, how, you know, when when you try, that's great. But when you when you don't do well, it's gonna have consequences because again, you've let people trust you. Like it's the sort of thing where it's like they have they have asked people to put their trust in them, and they've done a good enough job on other stuff that yes, it's gonna hurt when they fuck up. And people are allowed to be angry. And I think what's also important to note is this doesn't mean it's our like it's not like we're quitting the show because the finale was bad or we thought it bungled this metaphor. Like we're still gonna keep watching. And that doesn't mean that we're endorsing the, the stuff it bungled and the, the things it said by virtue of it fucking itself in the ass. But at the same time, it's our sort of role as critics of the show who care immensely about this show to be like, here's how you fucked up and here's why it bothers me because I know you can do better. Like when a friend takes the time to sort of correct you on something you fucked up on, the best thing you can do with that is say, you know, I apologize, take down the tweet, don't double down on it, and just don't do it again. Yeah. And just listen. Legends have actually done that in a lot of, and in, in a few cases, I've seen Legends as a show do that. And that's why, you know, I feel almost sometimes lucky to criticize it because I feel like it's one of the few things we can criticize that changes. If we had had a podcast where yeah. we were criticizing Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'd have, we'd have killed ourselves I already. Yeah, no, that would have been the, like, by, like, season two, episode 10, it would have just been the fucking transcript of Jonestown. Like, we would have just been reading that word for word and then actually poisoned ourselves and died. Um, Jonestown episode? So, Phil? 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 I, Jonestown episode? Listen, nothing fucking... We're not... Listen, listen. But it is, it is like, you know, I'm glad that I think this show tries. And that's why I am so hard on it because it's like, you're trying. I want to see you succeed. So I'm going to tell you how you fucked up in the hopes that somehow you fuckers better not be listening to this podcast. But if you happen to be, um, please turn it off. Just know. Please turn it off. Please turn it off. But at the very least, I hope my words get out there in the universe and that it can encourage a larger culture of doing better at this shit. We're writers, and I think a lot of people who listen to this are creative people, all six of you, and all six of you. And, and, and do your best with it, you know? You know, we, we are, you know, it's not even just about us talking to legends, it's also about us talking to this fandom as a community, where I see people, I think, I am really sort of appreciative of the positivity I see. Um, when it came out that like Nate and Zari were going to be a thing, everybody kind of flipped out and then actually sort of stopped and like took a step back 
And that is something that's really admirable. But I yeah. think the I think that, you know, not all criticism is negative. Not all everything needs to be sort of blindly praised like, oh, I don't know, Infinity War, Game of Thrones. Yeah, like we can we can like something and also rail about it on a podcast for like an hour and a half every time that it releases a new episode because that's a normal and natural response to consuming content. You don't necessarily have to do with everything. I don't even do it with everything. There's certain things where I watch it and I go, well, you know, I still have thoughts about it, but I don't feel the need to turn it into like an hour long podcast or a 2000 tweet thread or whatever. Um, and that's okay too. But there are certain things that are like, when it's important to you, you can, you can, and frankly, you should um, find things to criticize about it because the, the media is speaking to you and you deciphering what it's saying and whether or not you agree with it is an important part of our relationship to stories. It's a good thing. And and that's one of those things where I think Ari and I are both at points in our lives um, as creators, as, you know, as me, a person who has kind of a career outside of this whole thing separately, who has um, other sort of things I'm involved in activist-wise completely outside this sphere where I'm like, no, I don't really pin my morality on the kind of content I can see. No, I make it. So, yeah. I, I make I kind of make a point not to and like not there are obviously I, I'm not gonna go and that's the thing is it's hard to say something like that because then people are like so you're supporting Nazis then and it's like no nobody is supporting Nazis and pedophilia no. are terrible and should never be supported under any circumstances. No, that's also not what we're saying. There, that 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 is very much an example of an argument in bad faith. Like what we are saying is, yeah. if your only if your only contribution, if your only understanding of social progress and activism is, I get mad when this TV show does this problematic thing. You are working within a paradigm of, you know, neoliberal sort of consumption activism, where it's like, what I watch is what my morality is, because what I consume is what I am. And that's not good for you. Obviously, there are certain things where it's like, if you're still watching this, we should probably that's that's not that does say a lot about you. Um, It's like when a white guy in his 30s says that like Fight Club is his favorite movie, like that does say a lot about him and his priorities. And you should probably not talk to him anymore. But at the same time, unless he is like, and also I am super gay. Yeah, then it's fine. Then it's fine. Um, but it's it's the sort of thing where it cannot be your only understanding of morality, and it cannot be the thing that you decide whether or not people are good or bad on. Um, you know, obviously there are some really extreme cases where it's like, no, if they're engaging with this content, it's an incredibly bad thing, and they are espousing harmful ideals. But when that is your immediate jumping, like when you're like, when I go, well, it's okay to watch things and not have them be your only arbiter of morality. And someone goes, so that means you're okay with people like watching child porn. It's like, no, you fucking moron. That's clearly not what I'm talking about. And again, that's an argument in bad faith. You get a lot of those online. But Legends isn't even remotely on that level um, for all its flaws. It's very much not even a little bit on that level. So yeah. You can yeah. watch this stuff, disagree with what it's saying, or think that it's saying it badly, or that it was executed badly. Disagree with us. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, you can't let this... It's like, if someone enjoyed this I mean, finale, that doesn't mean that they're, like, okay with families being tortured and separated at the border. Like, it doesn't... That, that's, not how, that's not how morality works. Like, just donate to fucking Im- immigration lawyer funds instead of doing this shit. Please. And also donate to Planned Parenthood, please. Um, Don't expand Planned Parenthood also, which I forgot how to say for a hot second. I mean, I think it's one of those things where just like, if if you did a drinking game, when I say I think it's one of those things, you'd be dead. You would just be dead yeah. by now and I would have killed you. And I talk like this specifically because when I say I think it's one of those things, it's because I've kind of forgotten what I'm going to say. And I'm just trying to buy no, myself I a little that time. Too. Before I go into the next sentence, where am I going? Where am I going? I'm not looking at Love shoes online. Yeah. You're looking at shoes online. What are you? God damn it. Are you really? I, I just like looking you and cannot. seeing what's new. Anyway, I am now also looking at shoes. This is your fault, but I love you. Um, That's probably fine. This is um, fine. Okay, so we covered Zari. We covered um, Magneto talking to Rudolph about how they'll never accept him. 
Um, yeah. Let's talk about Hank Haywood for a second, because oh, honestly, I, I wish to God it had been Victor Garber. I know Victor Garber wanted to be on Hello, Dolly Jefferson, and that he's never coming back. He left and he's never, dad left and he's never coming back. Yeah. I'm sending you this incredibly horrifying puzzle at your purse. Oh, thank God. Um, I hate looking at it. I, I truly only believe that Hank was being nice to Nate because he also, they made, they made a goddamn good place reference. They said the happy place. And everybody knows that Hank is probably in the medium place. Yeah. And before he got there, he met up with Stein, who, as we know, as I mentioned before, with Len being in hell, all Jewish people can travel sort of between afterlives because we don't really solidly believe in any single one of them. And so Stein just shows up and he's like, you were such a piece of shit. You didn't respect your son. He did everything. He was so good. Anyone would kill to have a son like him who is smart and sensitive and funny and you just blew it and you should feel bad. And so then Hank getting another chance was like, so I had, I had a discussion with someone. Yeah. And it's the sort of thing where like, like we even posited that it could have been like, it could have been Ray. Um, you know, their, their souls meeting in, because that would be interim that like, as Ray was returning to his body, Nate's soul was leaving. And we also discussed, like, I was legitimately afraid they were going to kill Nate because, um, I know that like Nick Zano, he has two kids now, they're very young. And I was like, I'm literally watching him laying there. I'm like, they don't need you that badly. They don't need you that badly. (laughs) Like, no, I'm not done with him, Jacob. And I understand he stays that he on this side, and he does. Oh my God! Do they have ice cream shoes? I have to show them to you. Um, but it is the sort of thing where it's like I think, and as I said on the podcast, I think part of my problem is literally as we were watching this podcast. Um, did you see the horrible bag? It's in the chat. So I did I see, see. I did. See. It's awful. I truly hate it. Um, it's the DreamWorks the eyes. Eyes weren't really made it, so it's so no, terrifying. It's, 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 it's horrific. It's a terrible, awful bag, and I that means I kind of love it, but. That being said, I was in the middle of finishing up, like, the last ten chapters of Hunter Hunter, and, like, Togashi is the exact opposite of a writer in terms of, like, legends, where it's, like, everything is planned out, he's got diagrams where everyone is at any given moment, what everyone's doing, it's, like, a fucking pile-up of Xanatos gambits, everybody's got a fucking plan for everything, and stuff's going on all the time, but it's all clearly planned out enough that you know where everyone is and what they're doing and why, if you're paying attention. And so my brain was obviously still kind of in that headspace where I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. And so I think because I was, well, I, I, think, I think, yes, I think because of that, but also because I think because it was because I think if they tried to kill Nate at the start, I might've been more worried, but because this, this, this finale had already been so underwhelming, I almost felt like they're not going to kill him because like they haven't done anything important in the finale and like nothing good has happened and like nothing important has happened. So I think I was kind of like, they're going to find some way to make this like bullshit too. And I'm glad because it would have really upset me if they killed Nate. But I think because it had been such an underwhelming finale, it like couldn't, like I wasn't in, I wasn't invested enough in what was happening at that point in time to really believe they were going to do it, which is a shame. And honestly, kind of a shock because I get, I take that stuff really seriously. I get stressed very fast about it. With the other finales, I've had like panic attacks over whether or not they were going to kill somebody off. So like this was ouch that's that's a you problem guys but i'm glad he's okay because i would have been really pissed if they killed nate i i i mean and that's one of those things where i'm like you know what we're gonna get zari back nate's still technically alive he's now in love with bayrad we're finally gonna get petty gay jealous ray which is like which is like something it's something that the show i think has been building towards and i'm very excited to see where it goes 100 percent um and it's also just one of those things where, like, also, are you guys going to remember next season that Nora is still technically a fairy godmother? Or are we just going to hand wave that one right on off? I feel like they're probably going to hand wave it in the first episode. Which, fair. But also, like, I, mean, we we, I think we only get ten episodes next season, so, like, yeah. please. I, here's the thing. We only get ten episodes next season, and I am begging you, from the bottom of my heart, let's just plan it out. Let's just plan out where we're going. Just a let's little just bit. Let's have an exact decision about where we're going. We can do this. I'm literally fucking begging you. Guys. Also, I'm just looking right now, and I'm seeing people do, like, Sailor Scout versions of the Disney princesses. That's adorable. Where I'm like, oh, that might be a really good way to do something for Dragon without it being too hot. That's true. But still doing the princess thing. Well, we said... Just keep that in mind. Yeah. 
we said we were going to do like with the group. I mean, I wouldn't, I think it would be really cute and fun, but it's also like, weren't we supposed to do like straight up princesses for the group? We're just, we're doing comfy princesses for a photo shoot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, well, we'll definitely, we'll have to, cause I think it's a cute idea. So we'll have to think it over. Um, but yeah, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Hold on. Um, I also want to talk about like, like they really did sort of just forget to resolve anything and everything. Like Neuron didn't even really get like a big, defi- like he just sort of stopped being important. He choked Nate. And he then choked Nate and then left. <laughs> you can't yeah. just choke a man and then, you can't just choke a man until he calls you daddy and then leave. Yeah, it was incredibly weird. Um, That would have single-handedly redeemed it. And we were talking about how disappointing it was that you know constantine mentions okay if nate dies the curse would be broken we don't we get this the exact episode it's going to happen very paint by numbers yeah we don't get a scene of nate and john talking about it right that was where they really fought that was one of the things i was mad about that was one of the things i was really mad about because i was like um guys like on a show like legends everybody going what the fuck no we can't do that we can't let that happen to nate would have been, or should, if they'd even introduced that last episode and had that be a big debate last episode and then had it be like, we see Nate and John talk it over and then we don't hear, we don't hear the agreement yet or the disagreement over whether or not they're going to go through with it. Like they didn't give the characters enough time to react. And then because they went through all this effort to try to make the fucking, like the, everyone will be, you know, everyone will be nice if they just learn what that magical creatures are people too thing. And then like then going actually fuck and that it. didn't work and that didn't work and then they were like whatever we'll just we'll go back to plan b like that was really dumb and really bad like that 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 was really bad yeah nothing was really planned and it all felt sort of terribly inorganic yeah. and that was very disappointing it's super like it's like the sort of thing where it's like you had to pick one you could not do both especially because one of them was supposed to be part of your continuing overt metaphor so when you fuck it up like that it's not even just a bad plot point it's literally like it's very cynical and, and and almost borderline like offensive in a way that I know you guys didn't mean to do, but also this this kind of cynicism isn't ideal because it doesn't mesh well with what you were saying before in any way, shape, or form. God damn it! You you blew it. You fucking blew it. And you that's a shame because I like when the show is good, but it's very much you know this this season was not good. A lot of it felt blown. I really enjoyed this season, yeah, to a point where I was like, maybe this will surpass season three. And then it did not. And then it did not. Because yeah. they and stuff really like that. did not stick the landing at all. Um, I think let's talk about, I, let's just, let's just, I mean, we've actually been doing this. I figured you'd want to wrap some like stuff up. An hour now. So yeah, we probably should wrap this up because I actually do have to go to bed very bed, soon. Bed, me too. So, Me too, don't worry. Um, I just think what so a couple of things. First and foremost, Ari and I are gonna start doing some kind of live radio show format on Twitch. Yay. Um, which is not gonna do video because I don't wanna put on makeup every week for this. Yeah. No. It'll just be probably like a two hour talk radio kind of thing. It will be live and then I will probably just immediately upload the live to SoundCloud. And I will remember to record it this time. And that will either be once a week or once every two weeks, um, schedule dependent. Um, I want to mention that um, everybody on Legends very clearly worked very, very hard this season. Like you guys all, even if this one was a little shaky, everybody, the writers, the cast, the crew, like clearly worked their asses off. Yeah. And we are truly appreciative of that. And I don't want anyone to think like this, everybody on this show is very talented and there is no doubt about that um i do want to mention that we are probably going to go to nixano in person um when he comes to new jersey during pride weekend because there are several tomorrow. things like first of all how dare he come to new jersey ari's home kingdom and second how dare he come during pride i mean weekend, he also ari's lives here and that's what i have to do i think he lives in florida he must have family. He probably has family up here that he's staying with, though. I don't see him getting a hotel. I see him just crashing yeah. on someone. It's, yeah. You and just, it's also like, Nick Zeno is just staying with your grandparents. It's never explained. Yeah. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Um, He was born here, and he is so the worst. 
I and hate. That's, and that's the thing is like, is like when I, I tell you, I get like asks like, isn't it, wait, isn't it Italian American? And I can't tell if they're being sarcastic. And you're like, here's the thing. Most characters never talk about Big Joel. No, never. It's not a thing that comes up that often in fiction. I've read a lot of things where they don't talk about Billy Joel once. I'm sitting there and I'm reading fucking A Song of Ice and Fire and I'm going, no one here is talking about Billy Joel. And, you know, Nate brings it up at least, like, four times a season. And, it, and, and I hate it. And I'm, we, I'm, I'm, I'm drowning. No sign of be able to ask, like, listen, did you know that you were going to have to talk about a theme park? That your dad was building. Did you have to cry before or after you found out about the theme park? Also, because Rebecca Penfield's we are commissioning her for a Hay World design that she's very excited about. We're all very excited about. And we're going to put it on a shirt and we have to give that shirt to Nick Zano. Um, Yay. Hay World, a theme park that will leave you asking wait, did they not come in with us? <laughs> oh, this fucking Listen, I, I love um... you guys. I love. I, by you guys, I mean the show, I mean the stupid cast, I mean the writers, I guess I mean Phil, yeah. I mean Love the listeners, y'all. I mean Ari, I mean everyone that is good. Yeah. I love um, you too. And again, again, Mary Oliver Queen, death. But also emotionally. Um, you know what Justin yes. McElroy said, uh, I love you, I don't enjoy you? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's literally me at a show. Um, but, but, but I mean, it, I'm honestly kind like, of relieved. You're my family, and I love you, but I don't enjoy you, people. I I sometimes and like that's it. That's the true family. That's what family means, you guys. Yep. And I guess in a way, we are all family. Yeah. Um, I have to shower and go to bed, and I haven't played my outfit for tomorrow. And it's going to be warm, and I still have sunburn. Oh, I'm so from sorry. Disney World. Put, um, put aloe on it. Our first. We're going to be trying to do stuff to just keep everybody from eating each other during the hiatus. So um, that will conclude at the end of the year with a um, celebration of Oliver Queen's death in which we'll be raising money for my sister's place. Um, and you can start donating now if yeah. you would like to begin the celebration early. So Never too early to celebrate. Um, just keep, keep an eye on the skies because we'll be there in the sky. I will be in the out. sky because we because we bought we bought it we bought some hang gliders and we and we don't know how to get down. Do you know how hang you. gliding works? I'm going to bed. I love you. Good night. Okay. Good night, Ari. Good night, listeners. Good night, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Good, Good night, night frame photo <laughs> that I lost. Okay. Bye, everybody. Talk soon. Bye.